on episode two. And we're so glad that you're back for more. You really like us. We're assuming you're back for more. <laughs> we're, we're going with we're, it. We're going to tell ourselves that you are. <laughs> My ego can't handle it if you're not. Um, so we, we left off um, having just closed out chapter two of Christopher Moore's Practical Demon Keeping. So we're yeah. going to pick up with chapters three and four for this episode. Yes. We do not have a new cocktail for you this episode because we are recording these ones back to back. Got to get ahead of the ahead of the game a little bit. Here yeah. Life gets wonky. So. Yep. so we are still drinking the Green Demon. It's still good. It's still the first one that we originally made we're not getting loaded on green demons yes correct you know we're still we're still on glass one (laughs) i got a day job to go to tomorrow i'm not podcast famous yet (laughs) so um so shall we just jump right in i say so all right so chapter three is called travis so in this chapter we're going to meet really two big characters yes at least so far, they they seem to <laughs> seem like they're gonna play. They a didn't get eaten at the end, so right, yeah. They they seem to be characters we'll be hanging around with for a minute, but then again, we all know what happened to the breeze. So it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the characters we meet in this chapter are Travis O'Hearn, and then we meet the demon from the title. Um, catch, catch. <laughs> um, fun fact: Catch has a favorite movie, and it is The Exorcist. Yes, which- I. Also really liked that um, Travis said he prefers that The Exorcist be his favorite movie because there was one time where Ketch watched The Wizard of Oz and spent an entire day running around acting like a flying monkey. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that would be a little inconvenient. Yeah. So support that. Um, so Travis and Ketch have been together for 70 years. But Travis doesn't look a day over, like, 20. No, he called up the demon at age 20, um, and then 70 years later, he still looks like he's in his 20s. So that must be nice. (laughs) Um, And they're going to remain together unless Travis finds a way to send Ketch back to hell. Yes. And it sounds like he's been trying for a hot minute, and or 70 years, and hasn't landed on it yet. Hasn't quite figured out how. So... Um, he does mention Ketch has to eat somebody every few days or he gets cranky, which was very Snickers commercial to me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> Have a Snickers. Or, you know, the breeze. <laughs> right. Right. Or, you know, some random hitchhiker, whatever. <laughs> um... For Travis, I have a couple notes written down about him, too, where, um, he's currently driving a 15-year-old Chevy Impala that they bought with money that Ketch took from a pimp. Better yet, they actually took the money from the pimp that Catch ate. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be real clear here. This was not just like Catch was like, hey, dude, give yeah. me cash. No, he ate him and then took the money. Yeah. Yeah. So um, sometimes Catch eats daily. Sometimes he'll go weeks without killing anybody. And there doesn't really seem to be a pattern as far as Travis can tell. Yep. And he's had 70 years to work that out. So. But also, has he taken much data on it? You know, like. I don't know if he's tracking it. Yeah. And we all know if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. It's true. So um, Travis has been trying to steer catch toward like pimps and drug dealers. And so there's like sort of some vigilante demon keeping. Well, he has some sort of like moral compass a little bit there. A little bit. Yeah, it's 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 vigilante demon keeping and I support it. So yeah, the um, so yeah, they're in the Chevy Impala. We also find out that they used to ride the rails together. Yes. And I thought that was kind of fascinating, too. Yeah. And catch would just eat other guys riding the rails. So. Yep. Which I mean, Travis did feel guilty about and he would shed a tear 
for certain people. Yes. And I want to know, is that like the, the equivalent of like, if you ate your Grubhub driver now, right? Like, is that kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Don't where know. it's like an acquaintance, but you don't really like know them. Well, it's, it's you're train hopping together. It's like, you know, having your meal delivered. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it works in my head better than it did coming out of my mouth. It's fine. Um, um, so important thing to know, when Ketch eats, he becomes visible to other people. So this is where we learn Ketch, for the most part, is invisible. Except to Travis. Except Travis to can Travis. always see him. Yes. Um, but when Ketch eats, he becomes visible to other people, and he triples in size. Yes. Um, we also learn that Ketch is affected by drugs, but not poisons. Yes, so we so, can assume that sometime in the last 70 years, maybe multiple times, Travis has tried a number of methods to rid himself of this demon. Yes, and so he is currently, since he ate the breeze, <laughs> who had ingested coke, is just out of his mind right now. Yeah, um, he is, so he's a demon on a gram of coke. Yes, he is hanging his head out the window like a dog. He asks if he can crawl on top of the hood and then looks like a hood ornament hanging okay, no, out up there. Okay, now wait, because this is classic why I love Christopher Moore's writing right here. I have the quote. Um, so I noted here, um, so he decides he wants to ride on the hood of the car, so his invisibility is a bonus as he is, quote, perched on the front of the Chevy, waving like a parade queen from the Black Lagoon. Yes, that one killed me. <laughs> I love it. Um... So then Travis decides he's going to try to get rid of the demon again. I don't know if he, it was even a conscious thought, though, or if he just was like... Yeah, here's an he opportunity. Just, or he just kind of gave in to his anger for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he floors the car up to 60 miles an hour, locks up the brakes, and sends Ketch skidding down the road, face first. So Ketch is skidding down the road, um, his scales are throwing sparks, and he ends up in a ditch. Travis catches up to him. Maneuvers the car around and goes screaming straight into Catch in the ditch. So Catch takes the headlights to the chest, a corner of the bumper to the waist, and winds up deep in the mud in the ditch. Travis's door is pinned up against the side of the ditch, so he has to crawl out the window. He dashes around to check out his work, finds Catch lying in the ditch with the bumper against his chest. And... Again, love Christopher Moore's writing because Catch is a sassy demon and I find, yeah. it, and I find it humorous and relatable. Yep. Um, because this would absolutely be me as a demon. Because Catch just looks at him and goes, nice driving, AJ. Going to try for Indy next year. So <laughs> dude just got nailed twice. No, hit actually once by the Chevy Impala. But after but skidding down the road... Yeah. And has the wherewithal to make a NASCAR joke. And isn't even mad. Like, no, oh, nice work, AJ Foyt. You going for Indy? Yeah, just oh, trying try to kill me again? Cool. All right, Beautiful. let's let's move on here, bud. <laughs> yeah. So Catch is basically indestructible, which Travis knows. So really all he has accomplished with this is just wrecking his car that he just bought with his pimp money. Yes. Um, Catch is able to pull the car out of the ditch. So he is a big, strong demon. Um, but the car won't start. And Catch diagnosed it as needing a new radiator, which does not seem to impress Travis. Yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like we really start to get a really good feel for the relationship between Travis and Catch in this chapter, because Travis is not pulling any punches either on his end of the dialogue. Yep. My favorite is, oh, Mr. Help Me, I Can't Change the Channel While the Magic Fingers is On, all of a sudden has a degree in automotive diagnostics. That one made me laugh. <laughs> 
love it. But I just love that it's like, they're like an old married couple. They, like, they are. hate each other. They don't want to spend this time with each other, but now they're stuck together and have been for 70 years. They're right. just both so over the other. <laughs> yes. Just like praying for death, basically. Yes. Um, each of them, I think, for the other. But, yes. You know. Um, we also learn that Catch cannot read. And that Travis often will watch movies with no volume and subtitles on just to get under Catch's scales. <laughs> yep, I did. I wrote that one down too because that was another one that made me laugh. And I was like, that's some petty stuff that I would pull too. That is the height of passive aggression. Yeah. And I am here for and it. And I would be right there with him. Yep. So this crash took place five miles outside of Pine Cove. And Catch is going to push the car to Pine Cove, which he remarks is, quote, very hungry work. <laughs> So I suspect at this point that that might be a little literary device called foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. He will need to eat soon. Call it a hunch. Who is he going to eat? I, I think that's where we're headed. I So I can't decide, like, is he going to eat some minor no-name character? Or are we going to, you know, stick with the theme of he's eating people that society would prefer not to have coexisting with them? Or is he going to eat somebody that we've learned about? Are we really getting to know a character and getting really attached to somebody and catches about to eat them too. I don't know. I really have a feeling it's about to be somebody in Pine Cove that has been mentioned and whether or not that's somebody that's they've spent like a little bit time describing or if it was just like, or if it's just the Pomeranian lady. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, whatever her name was. Rosa, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Somebody's getting eaten. That's all I know. So that takes us to the end of chapter three. All right, so chapter four, Robert. Maybe Robert will get eaten. I don't That's know. a good call. <laughs> we did briefly hear about him in chapter two when we learned about Jenny the waitress. Yes, because he's Jenny's husband and they just split up. Yep, Jenny has kicked him out. Yep, so we learned about him. We also learn about a guy named Rivera, so, but yep. we'll get to him a little later. And we learn a little bit more about the Breeze. A little bit. Yeah. His lifestyle. Um, his lifestyle is really something. Yes. But, but we'll get there. So the chapter opens up with Robert, who, as we said, is the guy that Jenny, the waitress in chapter two, split up from. And when we meet him, he's waking up with a hangover that probably came from the same place as Catch. Yep. <laughs> uh, based on the way it's described. So I absolutely love this. He was waking from a dream in which he was in a desert. And his estranged wife was in bed with a young, muscular, dark-haired man. He can't close his eyes. He can't turn away. And he tries to scream, but every time he opens his mouth, a lizard-like monster the size of a chimp shoves a saltine cracker in his mouth. I feel like that lizard-like creature has to be Ketch. <laughs> I'm feeling that, too. Just Ketch sitting there shoving saltines in Robert Masterson's mouth. <laughs> I feel like that's extremely on-brand for Ketch, so... <laughs> Um, and to top it off, of course, Robert in this dream is naked and tied to a chair with barbed wire, which the monster tightens around him by turning a stick. <laughs> and every bit of that sounds just really awful. It's so, like some medieval torture. I, the saltine cracker bit just really got me, though. Well, and you know exactly, like, reading that, I could feel that dryness in my mouth of eating too many saltine crackers. And I did not love it. No. <laughs> So he wakes up and he's got no idea where he is at first. Just, just that he is surrounded by filth. And naked still. And naked. So yeah. that part of the dream was true. Yeah. So he's got that going for him. Um, there's some consistency. So 
The description of dishes piled beyond reason, full ashtrays, a calendar from the wrong year, empty wine bottles. This took me back to my social work days investigating dirty home complaints. Oh, yeah. And it was, I, I feel like I have been in, in this, this space. Home. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't take him long to realize he is in the Breeze's trailer. which yep, on his couch. Like, I felt like I should have put that together. Right, and I didn't. And I then when it said that, I was like, duh. Of course this is how the Breeze lives. But um, my question is, the Breeze made himself seem like such a lady killer, always pulling girls. Oh Where God. is he taking them? He, Not back to his place. They must be going to the girls' places. because There's no way the second you would step foot into that house, it would be a hard, I gotta go. No, I'll see you later. Like... I would nope right out of there. Yeah, like, oh, look at the time. I didn't realize how late it was. Deuces. I'm I, gone. I graduated 10 years ago, but I still got homework due. I gotta get back. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. No way. No. There's no way he's taking women back to this place. Um, so he realizes he's in the Breeze's trailer and he needs water, but he can hardly find the faucet or anything to drink out of. He finds a mini keg and he tries to drink straight out of the nozzle, but ends up basically drowning himself in foam. Yep. And there's dirty dishes literally everywhere. The top of the refrigerator, inside the oven, like, everywhere. Like, at that point, you have gone through more effort to hide these dirty dishes than to just clean them. Or just throw them away and start over with yeah. paper plates, my friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like putting dirty... There are better options than this. Dirty dishes in the oven. And I I don't love doing dishes. Uh, my counter has been full of dishes before, but... I mean, But not is, to this. This is next <laughs> not level. Not to this extreme. This is next level. So, um, the good news is that he does manage to find a single Fred Flintstone cereal bowl in the cupboard to drink his beer from. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, St. Fred of Bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And also, um, I feel like it's time for a little callback to episode one where I... I talked about, you know, I, I would drink the ice cream drink out of a bowl. Yes. And so I'm feeling uncomfortably like Robert and I have some things in common right now, and I don't love it. <laughs> and I regret my choices uh, yes. that I said I would make in episode one. <laughs> Hypothetical me is a little embarrassed right now. <laughs> so Robert drinks three bowls of beer, heaves, and then manages, with a little bit of struggle, to call Jenny. Well, it also cracks me up. Which is always a good move. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know... The other person always knows that uh -huh. you're wasted. It's yeah. never a good call. Yes. Um, I will, though, forever now refer to whenever I throw up as talking to Ralph on the big white phone. Yes. <laughs> I will refer it to it no other way. I feel like when I'm in the thick of being ill, I'm not going to think of that. Right. But I do love it. <laughs> so he calls Jenny and then he realizes that he has just called her at 5 a.m., after calling pizza on wheels accidentally. Right, because he was <laughs> dialing the number on the emergency contacts. I yeah. love that one of the emergency contacts is a pizza place. Yes, pizza on wheels. Right, like forget, you know, the ambulance, forget the fire department, you need pizza. Yep. That is a real emergency though. It can be. So they have, he has a mildly coherent conversation and begs her to let him come back, but also asks her, how could you do it? You don't even like the desert. And you know how I hate saltines. <laughs> and Jenny is not having it. No. Up. You know, good for her. Yes. 
support. Yes. Full support for Jenny in this. <laughs> we all need to know where to draw that boundary. Yes. So Robert decides then that he is going to clean up the Breeze's trailer. He's going to clean up his life. And he is never going to drink again right after vomiting again. And We've all been there, though. We have all had... Literally what I wrote down. We've all been there, right? We have all woken up with a hangover and said, I am never drinking again. And then two days later, there you are. <laughs> yep. Yep. And now here I am drinking a, drink, a green demon. <laughs> so we rejoin Robert, who has made no progress on cleaning things up and getting his life together because he's back on the couch. What's up, my 20s? <laughs> Trying to figure out why the breeze isn't dealing with the smoke alarm. Turns out mostly it's because it's actually the door buzzer, and also, though he doesn't know this, because the breeze has been reduced to a single foot on the side of a road. <laughs> I also really thought that this smoke detector was going to go a different way, and he was really about to just be, like, trapped in, in his house fire because he was too hungover to get up and do anything. Or, like, maybe he had set the dirty dishes in the yes. oven on fire. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was going somewhere completely different than where it went. Yeah. So he's shouting for the breeze to open the door, but ultimately he has to get up and open it himself. So he opens the door and he finds a shark-faced Hispanic man in a raw silk suit and slicked-back ponytail whose BMW is parked in the driveway. Not only is it a slicked-back ponytail, but it's tied in a ponytail with a black silk ribbon. So... Classy? Well, and there's a lot of silk. There's a silk suit, his hair slicked back, and it's a silk ribbon. So he is a smooth operator, yes. you say. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm also getting, like, clean, rich Snape picture in oh. my head. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got it. Yeah. Um, so the man at the door is not at all amused at Robert's observation that, quote, Jehovah's Witnesses must make a lot of money. I bet he's also not amused at the fact that Robert answered the door naked. <laughs> Probably not. So he demands to see the breeze. Yeah, Robert realizes he's naked, and this is significantly less relatable for me, but probably a great way to get rid of unwanted visitors. Although it did not work in this case. It really didn't, because uh, homeboy's not going anywhere. Nope. So Robert finds an empty gallon wine bottle to conceal himself, so I guess we could decide from this that hoarding once in a while does come in handy. <laughs> right. So Robert invites this man in and he goes to the bedroom to find the breeze. He finds piles of blankets, pillows, sheets, beer cans, wine bottles, but no breeze. He should open a window. <laughs> that, was, that was pathetic. I know. Um, he does find a mildewed towel to wrap around his waist before returning to the living room. Everything so. is mildewed and moldy because it also talked about he thought he found a clean glass and tried to fill it and oh, yeah. there was mold floating in the top. Yeah. So like not only is this place dirty, but it's dirty. It's it's kind of biohazardous. Yes, it's disgusting. I I read this chapter and I kind of felt like I needed to wash my hands. Yes. <laughs> I need to just go take an entire shower. Right. So the big money guest is in the living room and he is looking around with absolute disgust on his face. And frankly, that made me a little jealous because I always had to control my face in that scenario. <laughs> right. He gets to just wear it all how yes. he wants to. Yes. Um, so he demands to know where the breeze is because they were supposed to have a meeting. So Robert pieces together that this has to do with the big deal that the breeze had been hinting at and suggests looking for him at the slug. 
the man tells Robert to let the Breeze know he's looking for him and tell him to call Rivera. And this is, of course, after a lot of colorful banter, which yes. I don't think Rivera really appreciated. I don't believe so. Um, Rivera inquired as to who Robert was, and he answered that uh, he was the Breeze's decorator. <laughs> That slayed me. Yes, I know. That one got me, too. He has the hangover beyond all hangovers. And he's still witty as hell. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, let's talk about Rivera. It turns out he's actually Detective Sergeant Alfonso Rivera of the San Junipero County um, Sheriff's Department. With his name, though, what immediately came to mind was Garbanzo. <laughs> oh yeah, Garbanzo. Yeah, yeah, Garbanzo. <laughs> Which okay. is what my niece lovingly refers to Alfonso Rivero. Rivero as. Yeah, she was really hooked for a stretch of time on um, America's Funniest Home Videos. And, yeah, every every time it was, we were going to watch Garbanzo Vieira. She was convinced <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> Sorry, Alfonso Rivero. <laughs> so, yeah. Sergeant Alfonso Rivera. That was all I could hear in my mind. <laughs> that hadn't, I hadn't even gone there with it. I love it. Um, side note, I'm pretty sure that Rivera shows up in some of Christopher Moore's other books. I think you're right. Like I said, I've really only read maybe like two or three of his, but the name sounded familiar. And I don't know if it's just from reading this one or from hearing it in other ones too. No, I think, I think that he also is in Bite Me and You Suck. Okay. Those are the other two that I read. Okay. So I didn't fact check this because... I don't know. Facts are overrated, I guess. (laughs) I was too busy going down a rabbit hole with the pronunciation of the city that I probably just pronounced wrong again. So, Um, but yeah, he's Detective Sergeant Alfonso Rivera, and he is not pleased that the Breeze is missing their meeting because the Breeze is supposed to be their link to the growers in Big Sur. We also learn that the Breeze's real name is Charles L. Bellew. B-E-L-E-W. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'd probably go by the breeze too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like we're really kind of starting to weave a tangled web because we've got the breeze eaten by a demon and he's on his way now to Panko. Selling for the Big Sur growers and Rivera's in this and, you know, is trying to get to the Big Sur growers. And there's, we're four chapters in. And there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> oh, the tangled webs we weave. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Rivera has no idea who the jerk in the trailer was, but figures that he must know something or he wouldn't have given Rivera such a hard time. So Rivera memorizes the license plate number of the Ford truck parked outside and hopes that he can pull off his operation with the naked drunk guy and safe face with his captain. Which is all so funny because as the reader, we know that he's just being... A real a-hole. Like, he knows nothing. <laughs> no. There's, he's, he has no part in this. No. He literally just wanted to be He a just bug. had a bad hangover. Yeah. <laughs> like, and now he's about to get himself into some real deep stuff. <laughs> yes. And it's just, I don't know. I just love it. And really, if the naked drunk guy is your best option. Yeah. You You're are in trouble. <laughs> you, you got trouble coming. Things are not looking good for your career. And he knows that. Yeah. Um, so he's thinking, well, maybe he can still pull off his operation with the naked drunk guy and save face with the captain. And then just another magnificent quote. 
And then again, maybe he could just climb a stream of angel piss to heaven. Yes. <laughs> Which I kind of feel like I want to start using. <laughs> I, I kind of love that. So Rivera learns that the truck belongs to Robert Masterson, who is 29 years old, born in Ohio, and has only one prior conviction, which was two years ago for drunk driving. That checks out, based yeah. on what we know about Robert so far. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised it's only one. Yes. <laughs> so I love and also loathe the absolute accuracy of Robert's breathalyzer video as Rivera reviews it. <laughs> So let me back up a little bit. Um, a couple of years before present time for our story, the sheriff's department started videotaping all of the breathalyzer administration that they did um, because, you know, there were complaints and basically to be able to prove that nobody was harassing yeah. anybody, you know. Or this is the breathalyzer that was taken by this individual. Right. So he's got tape to pull for this and he is reviewing Robert's breathalyzer and having worked in a jail setting I just this was just so spot on and I I love it and also it makes me shudder a little bit his ramblings though were so good <laughs> so I've got to read this excerpt because there's just really no way to get it across you cannot summarize this nonsense so Rivera pops in the video and it pulls up Robert doing his breathalyzer and he is telling the two deputies who are administering the breathalyzer to him, we work for a common purpose. You serve the state with your minds and bodies. I serve the state by opposing it. Drinking is an act of civil disobedience. I drink to end world hunger. I drink to protest the United States involvement in Central America. I drink to protest nuclear power. And honestly, I feel like I have heard that ranting and raving before. I believe it. But you know what, Robert? I'll drink to that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just love the idea that, you know, our naked drunk guy is drinking to and to, to protest nuclear power. Yeah. You know, same. You know, That's going to be my reason for We all got to do our part. <laughs> So at this point, Rivera is feeling absolutely royally out of luck unless the breeze reappears. Because if he has to rely on Robert, he can kiss his entire career goodbye. So video's still rolling. And the next thing Rivera sees on the video is that a little Arab man in a red stocking cap had come through the door where the breathalyzer was taking place. And the deputies were telling him he had the wrong room and needed to leave. The man asked them, could I trouble you for a small quantity of salt? And blinked off the screen like he was edited out of the tape. So Rivera rewound the tape and he watched it two more times. No little man requesting salt. Yep. No little wizard that can't fit in. <laughs> <laughs> no poor approximation of a muggle. So Rivera's assuming he must have dozed off while the tape was running and basically dreamed the little man in. So he ejects the tape, drains his 10th cup of coffee for the day and moves on. And you would think, like, okay, this is your 10th cup of coffee. There's no way you drink that. No, things get weird on your 10th cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Things <laughs> get weird for me after, like, two is my max, depending okay. on the size of the cup. And then my anxiety is like, no, we're anxious now. <laughs> we're yes. miserable until this works its way out of our system. <laughs> um, so at different points in my life when I've done various different jobs, I mean, there have been times I've worked overnight. There have been... Times that I just worked insane hours and 
apparently over-reliance on caffeine is a sign of burnout. I didn't know that at the time, but... Go figure. <laughs> like, I would start my morning with a cup of coffee, and then I would get a latte somewhere, probably with an extra shot of espresso, and drink a couple of Monsters or Red Bulls, and if I was having to work late, I'd probably throw in a five-hour energy, and then I was smelling colors, and... <laughs> no, at some point, you probably could... Hallucinate a little. Hallucinate it, dream it, whatever it is. So I'm on board with that and probably could have made that assumption at various points in my life too. But also as a reader, since we know we've seen him before, it's further solidifying for me what I hypothesized in that he is some sort of other supernatural type being that is trying to get rid of this demon that's coming. And he's prepping by gathering all this salt. Could he be the demon? I don't think so. Okay. Because it seems like so far all these chapters are happening fairly simultaneously, and we know that Ketch is with in the car on the way to Pine Cove. Okay. I don't think he's made it there yet, but it's not really clear. It could be that these are happening not all at the same time. Well, time is just a construct. Okay. Or something that sounds smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, so that is the end of chapter four. All right, so we're going to leave off there, having now read four chapters of Practical Demon Keeping. Um, Do you have any questions for us for these ones? So I'm kind of curious again about your predictions going forward. Um, we've already kind of talked about who's the little man in the red stocking hat. Yeah. Um, we talked last time about who is going to be Catch's next meal, and we still don't know. Correct. That, that bothers me. Yep. <laughs> I have sort of an impending doom thing going on. But we know that he's coming to Pine Cove, and he's going to wreak havoc. I, yes, he has to. Also, in my mind, I picture him as a scaly version of Panic from Hercules, who's the little, like, green, pointy-eared demon. Okay. I can kind of see that. Yeah. green and Panic, the pink one and the green, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how I picture him, but scaly and not panicky. <laughs> I've got to think a little bit more about, and I love where casting a fictional character is another fictional yeah, character, <laughs> but it works for some reason. I've got to kind of figure out who he is for me. Um, he either looks like that or he looks like a little mini Godzilla. <laughs> See, I picture him being like sort of, okay, this is going to be really, really <laughs> random. You know the salt shakers, the salt and pepper shakers that I have that are the lizards that are wearing red high yeah. heels? Yeah. I'm picturing something kind of along those lines. I picture him being sort of like round and almost like if a pug and a lizard had a baby. <laughs> okay. That would be a really ugly <laughs> I demon. Know. I don't know why, but that's kind of what's going on in my head. That's yeah. the closest I could get. Um... So, do you think Travis is going to send Catch back to where he came from? I think eventually that has to be where the story kind of goes, or how it ends. But that's also my, like, growing up in the Disney era, era of, like, everything resolves at the yeah, end. Yeah, no loose ends. Yeah. And so, you know, with books, and especially adult books, like, that doesn't have to be how it is. There's not a rule of saying that it has to end in a nice, tidy way. Right, right. But so, that's, I'm going with that. He has to at some point by the end of the book, unless there's a sequel to this book. I know there's other books that take place in Pine Cove, but they're, I don't recall them. 
necessarily catch. yeah so i'm thinking he's gotta go but i literally have no recollection <laughs> of how this book wraps up so yep we'll find out um and then what's gonna happen with robert um because he is a hot mess sandwich right i now. really feel like he might be the one that, he might get he might not be the next one to get eaten but he's gonna get eaten at some point you think so i think so I think he's just dysfunctional enough that he could end up being a hero. That's true, too. But I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's one extreme or the other. He's not just going to be a character that kind of lingers in there. Yeah. He's really got to go one way or the other. Yep. I agree. So. What about you? Any thoughts? Any questions? Any? I don't think so. Not so far. Um, Just a lot of still trying to figure out who's who and who actually matters to the story because we're right. meeting a lot of people but as we saw with the breeze in chapter one it doesn't mean that they're going to be around for a while so it's just trying to figure out who's actually going to be long term through this story and who we're getting a lot of information about but never going to see again <laughs> who to get attached to and who yeah. not to yeah it's kind of like when you watch game of thrones and they just kill off everybody that you get attached to like i never watched game of thrones because oh. i just don't deal well with that <laughs> <laughs> So we'll leave off on that, but before we go, what are you, what are you listening to right now? Um, so for other podcasts that I listen to, um, Swish and Flick is my, one of my top ones that I listen to every week. Um, they drop episodes on Sundays. They're doing a reread of the entire Harry Potter series. Um, so they're towards the end of the Half-Blood Prince right now. That is an ambitious project. Yes, and it's years in the making but I'm loving it um and they do a really good job with it um another one that I really enjoy is Fake Doctors Real Friends oh which is Zach Braff and Donald Faison and oh, they're yeah. doing a rewatch of Scrubs and going kind of in depth about the episodes and giving a little bit of like behind the scenes for some of it and stuff so that's been a lot of fun too gotcha what about you for podcasts um two of my really big ones right now I'm listening to Anatomy of Murder uh, and that one is hosted by Anna Siga Nicolazzi and Scott Weinberger. She is a former homicide prosecutor from oh. New York. And he is an investigative journalist, if I recall correctly. Um, and they go through, sometimes it's a cold case, sometimes it's solved, and really kind of take you through... It's fun to get a prosecutor's perspective. It's fun to have an investigative journalist asking all the questions yeah. and um, digging out the information. I'm obviously a big true crime junkie, so there's that I one. I think I've listened to a few of those episodes, but I haven't gone too in-depth with that one yet. Okay. Yeah, I love that one. It's a, it's a really good listen. And then when I need something lighter, I've been listening to Bananas. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to any of that yet, but it's on my list of ones to start. So, so funny. Um, so that one is hosted by uh, two guys. They're friends. They're out in California. Um, and they just read insane news stories from all over the world. And it is so funny. Um, so that's that's what I'm listening to right now. Morbid is another one of my top ones that I'll listen to. And that's a good mixture yep. of some like true crime and supernatural. Yes. Um, and she just... She released a book that we have now both read, Elena Urquhart, one of the hosts of Morbid, called The Butcher and the Wren. So good. Highly recommend. We will do that one at some point, but we want to be able to do it justice. So that one will be a little bit further down the road for us. And also, I'm going to need her to put out another book before I can really reread that one. Because yep. 
I have questions. Yep. She said it's in the works. So. Yep. Yep. So. Um, what are you reading currently? Um, so several things because I'm one of those weirdos that oftentimes has several books going at once. Um, I am too. So actually I just finished up two books. Uh, my daughter and I were reading The Horse and His Boy together, C.S. Lewis. Um, she and I have been working our way through the Chronicles of Narnia and that was one of my favorite series as a kid. So it's been really fun to go through that with her and enjoy it with her. So, um, so we finished that one up and then we're taking a break from Chronicles of Narnia because she wanted to read Number the Stars with me. So we just started that. Um, we just read the first chapter. We're just getting into it. I did That's not a, read that one as a child. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's a heavy book. She has been really into books about the Holocaust. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I read that one, like I said, I don't remember if it was late elementary school, early middle school, but I think it was one that we read for school. Mm -hmm. um, and then we watched the movie afterwards. And it's it's an intense read, um, but so, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get further into it. Um, I know, I think her class did... Her teacher did Boy in the Striped Pajamas is a read aloud at the okay. beginning of the year. See, and, and that's read, one that I haven't read yet. I haven't either, and it is on my list. Okay. Um, but she's read several books that have to do with the Holocaust and has been just really into that, um, which has been kind of cool. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at on that right now. As far as things I am reading, um, well, it's funny. I actually just finished a different Lois Lowry book. Uh, I... A while back, I'd read The Giver, and I have all four books. They're, it's not a series, but they're all somewhat related. Yeah, I'll tie it in a little bit. Yeah, um, so I have that in a hardbound, all four books in one volume. I had read The Giver quite a while ago, a couple of years ago, and finally got around to reading Gathering Blue. So just finished that one not too long ago, and then just this week finished up If You Tell, Okay. Do you know about that one? I don't think so. That would be up your alley, but it is, it was a really good read. Actually, it was a good book. I have it downloaded on my Kindle to read. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really dark. It is really warped. It is really twisted and it's, it's nonfiction. I think it was one of those ones that, oh, I didn't know it was nonfiction. It's nonfiction. Oh, maybe I did know that. I don't remember now because it's been a while ago that I downloaded it, but I was going through the like free to you through your Amazon membership books okay. on my Kindle. I wonder if that's how I had it on mine too. And saw that one. And so I downloaded it to read at some point. Gotcha. So that was one that I just finished. And then um, I've also been reading The Gunslinger by Stephen King. Okay. I've been working through his books in order that he wrote them too. So. Yeah, I know you've been doing that one for a while. Yeah, and it's, I'll read one and then I'll read a bunch of something else and then I'll pick up his next one. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Okay. Are you um, watching anything right now? Um, Joe and I are working our way through Schitt's Creek. Uh, I love that show. I have watched all of Joe Has Not, so we're working through it with Joe. I am just into season two. I know I'm way behind Oh, it's it, so good. So, so funny. funny. And it's just a good, like, mindless one to put on where, like, you know, the episodes correlate to each other, but you could just kind of, like, pick it up if you happen to miss part of the previous episode or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Moira. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love her. Yep. <laughs> um... I think David, David. Is, David is my favorite. It's it's a tie for me. It depends yes. on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, for reading though, I am currently reading The Perfect Marriage um, by Geneva Rose. Ooh. And that one I recommend it. That was another one that was like free through your Amazon Prime on your Kindle, but I feel like it's on one of my lists or something. It's really good so far. I'm about halfway through. Um, but basically there's this really um well-known uh defense attorney in Washington DC. Her husband is a struggling writer. He had one book published and then hasn't been able to like come up with another good book after that. Um he his mistress ends up murdered in their bed at their lake house and now his wife is defending him and oh. so it's unraveling trying to figure out how she died who killed her she now there's like twists and turns where she has a past that you didn't know about and so it's been really good so far that's a lot going on in one book yes um and then i'm also reading this one is kind of it's written not really like a textbook but it's more like an educational one so I'm not reading it consistently I'll kind of pick it up when I'm in mm -hmm. the mood for it but it's the psychology of of Zelda okay so I really love all the Zelda games uh -huh. um and so it's going through and linking yes. <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there um <laughs> different like psychological concepts um to the different Zelda games and so it's been really cool to read through. Um, for those that don't know, I have a degree in psychology. It's in applied behavior analysis, but I have a background in psychology. And so that one's been really fun. It does talk about, like, Jung's hero's journey and um, stuff like that and correlates mm -hmm. it to that. But then it also talks about the five stages of grief as it relates in Majora's Mask, which is one of the games and stuff. So it's just kind of a cool, geeky read. Okay, that's fun. Um... Let's see. Talked about Schitt's Creek that Joe and I are watching together. We're going to start the Star Wars in chronological order shows and movies. That's so, an undertaking. Yeah. So we haven't started it yet um, because both of us have been too obsessed with playing Hogwarts Legacy um, <laughs> since that came out. Uh-huh. But that's one thing that we are going to undertake and it's going to take a really long time, but yes, we'll get there. That's, that's a project. Um, what about shows for you? Um, so yeah, I've been working my way through Schitt's Creek. I started last weekend watching something on Hulu, and I don't remember the title of it, and I didn't see much of it because I fell asleep for four hours and woke <laughs> up at one o'clock and didn't know what time zone I was in and who I was. What year it was. Like, what was going on. Um, but it had something to do with a college and a cult and I don't know. Huh. It was something I... Picked up at random. Um, but also, I'm still working on watching my way through Bob's Burgers because that is one of my favorite shows. Yep. That's one that I'll just pick up here and there, though. Like, I mm -hmm. haven't sat down to really watch it through. Yeah. I, I'm going, yeah, I'm going start to finish. Yep. <laughs> and I'll it. still, like, when I do watch, I watch it in order. Yeah. And, like, pick up wherever I left off. But I got the cookbook. Yep, I do remember this that. Year. I'm so excited <laughs> about it. Um, what else am I watching? I am watching, yeah, I had it. Oh, Addie and I are working on watching all of the Marvel movies in oh, chronological okay. order. That's after we, we do are Star not Wars. far in. Yep. She has got to be in the right mood for it. But yeah, I, I well, think, I get that. 
I think Thor is maybe our next one. Okay. If I remember right. After we do Star Wars, we're going to tackle Marvel. I asked okay. Joe which one he wanted to start with, and he picked he picked Star Wars. So we'll do Star Wars and then Marvel. There's no bad option. No. So. All right. Well, episode two is a wrap, I think. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, so if you're reading along with us, go ahead and work on the next couple of chapters. We'll announce ahead of time which ones we'll be covering in our next episode. Uh, but while you do that, please remember to, to read, read responsibly. responsibly.